Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. You know, um, I want to ask this question. How many of you would say with me, you know what, Pastor Jeff, there's been a time in my life to where I've just been in over my head. Anybody? I've been overwhelmed. Okay, yeah, that's the majority of us. We've just been there. Life deals with those kind of circumstances. Would you agree with that? And so um, I want to tell you, I have a favorite book I want to share with you today. It's this book. I read a lot of books every year to get better. But this is the best book. It's the Bible. And I want to tell you, I've been reading it for years and years, and I've read it through many, many times, and it always speaks to me, and it's, it's, it's the best book I've ever read. It, it, you know, I read a lot of books, and they can help in some areas, but this one gives life. And what I love so much about the Bible is this, is that the Bible, um, when you read it, you realize that it's, it's a story about God and his people. And, and always this is that, you know, we find out that God's people always get to the end of themselves, and when they get to the point where they don't know what to do, they, don't, they can't do anything, it's amazing how God steps in and does what he can do. And so what I found out is that when God's people, God's people have limitations. But when they get to their limitation, it's always an invitation for God to do what only God can do, right? And, and so what I want you to know is that if you, if, if you don't realize that you have limitations, that you can only do what you can do and God has to do what he can do, right? Like, like yesterday, I... Uh, I went out in my, my yard, I, I had it, uh, you know, irrigated, not irrigated, I had the, the little plugs pulled out of the ground, whatever you can, what do you call it? Irrigation, that's right, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And so anyways, you can see what a farmer I am. Uh, and so I wanted to impress my wife, so I went and got uh, some seeds, and I, I put seed down on the ground, I went and got some fertilizer and put it on the ground, and then I covered it back up, and, and last night, uh, right before dark, I had my little rake in my hand and said, you the man, Jeff. I just told myself that, you know, you the man, Jeff. In just a few weeks, Rhonda's going to be like, you are the man. And so, you know what, but before I went in, I, I said, you know what, God? I've done all I can do. I put the seed on the ground, the fertilizer on the ground, cover the seed up. But now, God, it's up to you if it grows or not, right? God's, God's, got to, God's the one that has to provide the rain. And thank God I saw it was coming in Monday. Hallelujah. <laughs> and you know, what I'm saying is that I can only do what I can do, but God has to do his part, right? I mean, in order for anything to change, God has to do his, his part. And so what I want to tell you is this, is that what I, read in the, what I understand about the Bible, what I understand about life is this, is that, you know, we have limitations, but our limitation is always God's invitation to show up and do what God can do. You know that you wasn't created to live this life alone, but God wanted you, uh, he wants to be involved in your life. So I have this statement, there's five words, I want you to say it with me today, I want you to ingrain this in your heart that you never forget it, and that when you get to your limitation, you understand. Let's say it together, ready? Here they're coming up, let's say my limitation is God's invitation. That is so true. When you get to the end of you, that's when God shows up. And as long as you keep trying, trying, trying to do what only God can do, you're going to be frustrated, you're going to be depressed, and you're going to be miserable. 
So today is just like learning where is my limitation so that I can give God his invitation. I want to talk to you today uh, on the topic of this. The title is this, is what to do when you don't know what to do. What to do when you don't know what to do. And I want to tell you that, it, that title is so, so real because if you know what to do and you don't do it, then you got a bigger problem, right? But if it's when you don't know what to do is, is when we really need God. We need him moving in our lives, and we need him showing up because we don't know what to do. And so today I would like to uh, walk into a, another character in the Bible. Another, I hate saying, using the word story because it makes it sound like it isn't real, like it's make-believe, but it's a real story. It really happened, and the guy's name is Daniel. And his story is found in the book named after him called Daniel. Daniel was, uh, in Daniel chapter 6, we begin to read a story about him how that Daniel was a, a, a Jewish guy that had basically been captured and called into, uh, taken back as a prisoner into Babylon, which is Iraq. And, uh, and the king, you know, began to notice that he, he had these good qualities and, and that he was a good man. And so he put him in his uh, in leadership team around him in his government. And Daniel, because of that, I mean, he began to prosper. And Daniel, uh, the king Darius, saw that, that Daniel was such a, a, a good person that how that, that everything he touched began to work, that, that God's favor was on, on Daniel's life. And he had heard stories about Daniel, how that he had interpreted dreams for two other kings. And, and so he, he really liked Daniel. And so the other people in the government were jealous of Daniel. You know, have you ever worked with someone that was jealous? You ever went to school with someone that was jealous, Right. Jealous people are crazy people, right? I mean, people get crazy when they get jealous. Don't you agree with that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, you take a, a jealous girlfriend or boyfriend, they get crazy, right? Uh, you know, just, and, and all, just people get crazy. A jealous brother or sister get crazy. And that's exactly what happened with Daniel. The people that worked around him that were from that country didn't like the fact that he was a foreigner in the, you know, in the government anyways. And, and so they just got crazy. They were trying to get rid of him, and, and, and they looked at every way to get rid of him. They said, well, first of all, they looked at, did he lie about anything? No, he hadn't lied about anything. You know, has he, has he cheated the government anyways? He hasn't cheated. Has he done anything bad to king? No. His character was impeccable. I mean, there was no, they couldn't touch his character. And they realized that. They said, there is no way that we can bring any charge against Daniel unless we do one thing. Somehow, talk about his religion, his faith. We got, if we can attack his faith, then somehow we can actually destroy him. And so I just want to tell you, that's the same true with you. Many of you sitting in this room is that, you know, people in this world realize that, that, that there's no way to get to you until they attack your faith. But what they don't understand is that when they attack our, attack our faith that we got a God that shows up because our limitation is God's invitation, right? <laughs> when you attack my faith, you're attacking my God. He's bigger than me. He can take care of himself. I just sit back and say, okay, you go, God, right? And so, Dan, so here's what happened. What they did was they went to the king and they said, king, we just want you to know that you're the greatest of the great. There is none greater than you, O King Darius. You're the mighty one, you know. And they just, they just kept building his ego up more and more and massaging his ego. 
Until finally said, King, matter of fact, you're so great. We think that you need to make a rule that for the next 30 days, that anybody that prays to, to anybody else, any God or anybody else out beside you, needs to be put to death. And there's a, lion, there's a den of lions outside the, uh, of the city. They need to be thrown in that den of lions. Because, King, you're so great. Let me tell you something. When your ego gets so high, you'll do anything. We get stupid when people keep telling us how good we are, don't we? Don't we do that? I mean, because we start believing how good we really are. And, you know, let me tell you something. You're not that good. I'm not that good either. But they kept massaging ego because people realize that when if they can get you thinking only about you, you're not thinking clearly. And so the king, you know what? Because he wasn't thinking clearly, he said, you know, I, that's right. Everybody, for 30 days, they need to, I've been a great king. They need to, they need to only pray to me. And so... The king had a ring on it. It was called a signature ring, called a signet ring. And he actually signed it into law for the next 30 days. Well, he was feeling pretty good about that. You know, here I am. Everybody's going to be praying to me for the next 30 days. And then something happens. Look what the Bible says. Let me give you number one. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Number one is rely on your spiritual habits. Would you write that down? Rely on your spiritual habits. Daniel 6 and 10 says this. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home, knelt down, and what's those next two words? Do you see the habit? That's what a habit is, something you do daily. He said, as usual in his upstairs room, with its windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day. Would you read what's underlined with me? Read it. Let's read. Just as he had always done. See the habit? Just he's always done giving thanks to God. So understand this. A habit is a behavior that you repeat over and over automatically. Like, you know, this morning you brushed your teeth. Okay, I'm just checking to make sure. I, I didn't know you brushed your teeth. <laughs> you put toothpaste on the toothbrush. You didn't think about how you done it. You just automatically, you didn't have to think. Let me see. Now I've got to pull this toothbrush out. No, you just automatically went to, and you brushed your teeth, right? That's what you did. I mean, it was automatic. That's what a habit is. It's something that you do automatically. Now, here's what I want to tell you. Your habits are not about what you want or how to get what you want. Your habits are about who you want to become because your habits make you, right? And, and let me say this to you. To change who you are is to change what you do. Daniel had spiritual habits that made him a man that could stand up under all of this pressure and stand up even though the government was saying, we're going to kill you, even though the people around him did not like him. The only reason that Daniel was able to stand was because he was a man of character. Why? Because he had spiritual habits that made him who he is. And let me say it again. To change who you are is to change what you do. You will never be the mighty man or woman or student of God until you change what you do, right? You've got to change what you do to become who you want to be. You will never be, you can think, well, I want to be, this. and many of you say, well, I just want to be like that. And you never, you keep doing the same old thing that you've always done. And guess what? You keep getting the same results you've always got. You have to change what you do in order to become different. I cannot overemphasize that this morning because you have to change. Now, listen to this. Your identity, even your spiritual identity, emerges out of your habits. Now, listen to this line. Every action is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Did you hear that? 
When you think about the person that you want to become, you got to think about the actions you do. Because everything that you do is a vote for the kind of person you want to become. And if you want to be a, great, if you want to be a spiritual person, you know what? You cannot do unspiritual things. <laughs> if you want to be a respectable person, you cannot do uh, unrespectable. Uh, that's not a good word to say. Okay. You cannot do things that are not respectable. Let me say it that way, right? Unrespectable. How about that? I, I'll just make up words right here if you hadn't noticed that. You, you gotta, you, in other words, I'm saying you have to do and be the things that you want to be. You've got to change what you do. Too many people just put a picture way out there and say, I want to be this, but you've got to change what you do in order to do that. Now, I want to tell you that uh, I, I wrote a book, uh, and it'll be out in the fall. It's called An Opportunity for a Better Life. And I went back, and when I was writing this book, I had to go back through my life because a lot of it is about my life, and hopefully you'll get to know more about me if you, uh, if you get the book. But, uh, but I started thinking about when I uh, became a Christian and how that, you know, I was a, a teenager, and I, I became a Christian in July. And when I became a Christian, the things that people taught me were spiritual habits. And they was like, listen, Jeff, if you're going to be a Christian, number one, you've got to go to church. That's what you do. You read the Bible. You know, you pray. Uh, you share your faith with other people. You do those things if you want to be a strong Christian. And so, guess what? I, I started doing that. Matter of fact, the first Bible in our house that we had was a, a King James Version Bible. And I'm not knocking it, but I couldn't understand it. Here I was, you know, I didn't read a lot anyways, but now i got to read the Bible. You know, I want to be a Christian, so I started trying to read it. Thee is thou is God, as great as good as God. I was like, what? And so, but, but I did find the, the, the NIV version, which I use a lot today, that I could understand. But what I'm saying to you is that I started those habits. I started reading the Bible. And, 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 and you know, and the Bible talks about, in the King James Version, it says, go in your closet to pray. Well, I didn't know. I took everything literal. I thought, okay, I got to go in the closet and pray. I shared a bedroom with my brother, right? And we had a little, like, four-by-four four little, maybe, probably wasn't even that. It was probably about, you know, two foot deep and about three foot wide. And that's where our dirty clothes was at. And so I'd go in there at night. I'd close the door in there with those stinking clothes. I said, God, I got to talk to you right here in this dirty mess. I don't know, but that's what it says. Because I didn't know. You, you know, do it, right? You got to do this. And so those are the kinds of things that I started doing. Well, September come back around. It was time to go back to school. Well, let me tell you something. It was very easy to be a Christian around church folks and around people that, you know, were trying to do the same thing you were doing. Well, I had to go back to school. And so I went back to school in September, and I remember I was there, and it was my second day back at school. And one of my best friends came up to me and said, Jeff, something's wrong with you. I said, man, you just figuring that out, you know, like, no, he's not, like, something's wrong with you. I said, what do you mean, not, nothing's wrong with me? He said, something's changed about you. And see, what I realized at that moment was this, is the things that I was putting in me, like, those, even when I was reading the Bible and thought I was getting nothing out of it, you know, I didn't have to worry about that because even though I thought I was getting nothing out of it, it was getting in me. And, and, and what I didn't realize was that it was changing me externally. It was changing my actions, my behavior. And he said, Jeff, you ain't cussed in two days. Something's wrong with you. <laughs> Something's wrong with you. 
And so what I want to tell you is this, is that your, your behavior, and I just, this is what's kept me, it's called the core four. We say it at the end of every service, what do you, if you, what are the core four? It's, it's connecting with God and his family, that's growing the church and, and group, and then it's growing in God's character, you know, that's reading and praying, it's reading the Bible and praying to God, and it's serving in God's church, and that, that's serving in the, in the church so that you, it becomes your church, and then, and then sharing God's message with other people, and that's what it's all about, and those things have kept me all of my life, you say, Jeff, what's made you the, the person that you are? It's those four things. Listen, if I ever stop doing those four things, I'll never be your pastor again. Why? Because I'll be derailed. Listen, the drug I have to take is this book. I mean, I have to, I have to be injected with it every day or I'm going to screw this thing up big time. I don't want to fail my wife. I want to be a man of integrity, so I have to stay in the book. This and I, with you, I never want you to read in the paper that, that, you know, he did this or he did that. And the only way I know to prevent that is, listen, there's no insurance policy that can cover that. It's the book. It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. And I passionately say that because, listen, when you don't know what to do, when Daniel did not know what to do, you know what he did? He'd done what he'd always done. He did what he'd always done. He just went and prayed and read the Bible and said, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. God, you're bigger than this and you got this. And so, God, either I'm going to die or I'm going to see you or, God, you're going to do a miracle and I'm going to live. But, God, it's in your hands. And he did what he always done. I'm telling you, when you have spiritual habits when the world is caving in on you what do you do you do what you always done and that is just call on God amen, amen. you just said invest in God because remember my limitation is God's invitation amen. and I cannot overemphasize that that is a secret to life I don't care how old you are you can start right now and listen those of you that are young I challenge you to start right now if you want your life to be saved that's what God does. So let's say those five words again. You ready? Come on, let's say them. My limitation is God's. So listen, my question to you is this. What do you lean on when you don't know what to do? What habits do you lean on? Because that's going to determine your life. Those drugs will not get you through. Whether they're prescribed or you buy them on the street. It's not going to get you through. It's going to cause you more pain. Let me tell you something. That relationship that's out of marriage, you're married, and that a relationship that's becoming so appealing that you think is going to get you through is going to destroy you. I'm telling you today that it's only those habits that are, that are labeled in God that give you strength and get you through. Amen? I have a next step for you. It says this. It says, I will do my best to develop my spiritual habits. I pray to God that everybody checks this box. Because right now, that's the key to life. You will never get better until you change what you do. Okay. So remember what we said is that we're talking about here is that what do you do when you don't know what to do? Number two, would you write this down? Is this, is stop, drop, and pray. Stop, drop, and pray. I cannot overemphasize this. It's the 911 button, baby. It's it. I 
many of you remember, like, uh, I don't know if they still do this or not, but when we were, we were uh, in elementary school, the fire department would come out and they'd give us a little hat, you know, and they'd do us a tour of the fire truck, and they would teach us something. If your clothes ever caught on fire, what are you supposed to do? Stop, drop, and roll. Don't you run. You stop, drop, and roll. I want to tell you something. When your life's on fire and you don't know what to do, you don't run. Matter of fact, you need to stop running. Many of you are running today, and you, you're running, and it's never getting better, and you just keep running. Well, stop running. Stop, drop, and pray. Call on God. Look what Daniel did here. Look what the Bible says. So, again, the officials, the officials went, went together to Daniel's house, and they found him what? They found him praying, and what? Asking God for help. You see, Daniel chose prayer over despair. And I would challenge you to pray. I read this, uh, this week of a, of a guy that was teaching his four-year-old daughter how to say the Lord's Prayer. And every night they'd say the Lord's Prayer. And so he'd start teaching her phrase by phrase. She'd repeat after me. He'd say, Our Father who art in heaven. She'd say, Our Father who art in heaven. You know, and, and hallowed be thy name. And they went through the whole prayer and she'd repeat it. So one night she got brave. She said, Dad, I want to go solo tonight. I want to do this by myself. And the dad was so excited. I said, Okay, honey, you go for it. And so sure enough, she started off, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And she went through the whole prayer. She got to the last, na- last line, and she said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from email. <laughs> that is so true, isn't it? Our lives are so busy. Look what the scripture says in Psalms 4610. Look what he says. Look what it's, let's read it together. You ready? Come on. Be still and know that I am God. You're never going to know these God until you get still. I don't know about you, but you know, I'm not a computer, uh, I, I'm not, te- I am technically challenged. Let me put it that way. When my computer goes out, I only know one thing to do. One thing to do. When it's not, when it's acting up, is I reach up under the, and I just unplug that sucker. My smartphone, sometimes it gives, it's dumb. It won't, it will not do. I mean, does yours ever go crazy? I mean, sometimes my phone just goes crazy. And it won't do anything. You know, and the only thing I know to do is just reach up and hit that power button. I hold that sucker down for about, uh, about three seconds, and it goes black. And then guess what? About three minutes later, I turn it back on. It's a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> it works again. Oh, same thing with my computer. Baby, I unplug that thing just about three minutes later, plug it back in. It's like, what a, I, man, I am good. That's what I am. That's right. I'm like, Rhonda, I can fix this. Go out of the room a minute. She comes back in. What did you do? Oh, I can't tell you. Almost everything works better when it's been unplugged a few minutes. Especially you. Especially you. Until we learn to unplug. See, that's the problem in our culture today. The reason that people are so stressed out and that suicide is an all-time high is because we're so revved so tight. And the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. And what is God saying? He said, if you just take a few moments, see, when you go to God in prayer, you're unplugging from the world. 
And if you'll just take a few minutes every day, just like your computer, if you'll just take a few minutes to unplug and plug into God, then it'll charge your batteries and you will find the strength for today and the hope for tomorrow. Amen? Amen. So I want to ask you a question right now. What time will you choose to do that? Would you just write on your outline somewhere right now, just, just a note to yourself. Right now, I'm choosing, I'm going to do this at such and such time. Would you just go ahead and write it down right now? What time are you going to do that? Are you going to unplug so you can connect with God? Remember, these spiritual habits is what make you better and gives you the fortitude to live confidently. Okay, let's say what's on the screen together. You ready? Come on, here we go. Let's do those five words. You ready? My limitation is God's, it's God's invitation. So number three, what do you do when you don't know what to do? Number three, write this down. Place all your expectations on God. All your expectations on God. So here we go back into the story. Now the king's got a, got a mess on his hands. He's just like, oh, what am I going to do? Because he realized that these guys, what they've done, they've tricked him. And so now he goes to Daniel. Look what he says. The king, what's those next two words? He caved in and ordered Daniel brought and be thrown into the lion's den. But he said to Daniel, your God, to whom you are so loyal, let's read what's on the line, you ready? Is going to get you out of this. So Daniel said this, he said, I, want you, I mean, the King Darius said to Daniel, I want you to know something. We're great friends, but I've let you down. And I, I, it's me, I've let you down. But I am not going to change this law because everybody in my kingdom will think I'm weak, so I've got to let you go. He just, he just dropped Daniel. He says, but Daniel, what I've noticed is the God that you serve has done some supernatural things. And I want you to know, Daniel, that even though, you know, you expected me to be better than I am, I want you to know that you can expect your God to be all that you need him to be. And here's the lesson that that king taught us is this, is that, listen, if you want your life to be better, is raise your expectations of God and lower your expectations of people. Did you hear that? Raise your expectations. What are you expecting from God? If you want, listen, we expect so much from our husband. We expect so much from our wives. We expect so much from our children. We expect so much from our parents. We expect so much from our coworkers. We expect so much from our neighbors. We expect, expect, expect from people. But when it comes to God, we expect nothing. And guess what you're getting is what you're expecting. People, people will let you down. People are frail. We're imperfect. And when the pressure gets on, we think about us before we think about you. But God's not that way. So raise your expectations of God and lower your expectations of people, and your life will get better. Just expect God to show up. Amen. That's good. Very good. So today, the way that you do that, the first thing you do is that you simply ask Christ to come in your life. That's how you raise an expectation. If he's not your savior, then you can't expect him to save you. And so we have a prayer inside of our program. It's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. We put it there every week because people say, I don't know what to pray. Well, here it is. We want you to pray it. We want you to read it and say, God, that's me. And we just ask you to check the box on the back of this card. It says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you. Look, at we go on. So before we read this next passage, understand that the king's been up all night. Now, he's thrown, they're throwing Daniel in the lion's den. They threw him in there, and the king can't sleep. He's scared to death. He's worried. And so the first thing at daybreak, he runs down to the den of lions. 
And he, he, he just knows that he's going to find the remains of Daniel. And so look what happens here. It says this. The king asked, Daniel's servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve, how? See those habits, see those spiritual habits continually been able to rescue from the lions? Uh-oh, Daniel answers. He's still alive. Daniel answers, my God sent his what? Angel and shut the mouth of lions. Look at this. They have not hurt me. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because what? He had what? He had trusted his God. Here's what I want to tell you. Listen. Following God does not mean that you're not going to end up in the lion's den. It just doesn't mean that. I know all of us think that, okay, I'm a Christian, nothing bad should ever come my way. That does not mean that. I don't know what book you read, but it's not in the Bible. That's heaven. When we get to heaven, then there'll be no more evil. But listen, just following God doesn't mean that you're going to... See, Daniel, God's will for Daniel was for him to go in the lion's den, and he should have been, he should have been devoured. He should have been eaten alive. They were hungry lions. They were trained and they were uh, used for entertainment so they let the lions get hungry. When he was thrown in there, guess what? He was thrown in not knowing what, what to do, but he was only expecting God to do something. And so when he was thrown into the den of lions there, there they were roaring all around him. But guess what happened? Is even though the lions were roaring and they were groaning and growling, God sent an angel to close their mouth. Every, the king didn't sleep a wink that night, and he was in his own bed, but Daniel was laying in the, he was in a den of lions. He got plenty of sleep, why? Because every time he turned over, one of those lions might have groaned, and he looked and he saw the hand of God holding its mouth shut. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Isn't, isn't that awesome today? What I'm trying to tell you is that, listen, right now, I don't know what's going on in your life, but your, your situation, it may, it may seem like that people are coming at you from every angle, and it may seem like you don't know how you're going to escape this. What I'm telling you is this. The lions may not go away, but God will show up in the middle of the lions, and he'll do what only he can do. Isn't that amazing? I read a story of a, a first grader who who was talking, they were telling about what they were going to do when they, when they grew up. You know, when I, when I become grown, this is what I'm going to do. And this little first grader stood up in front of his class and said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a lion trainer. He said, I'm going to get in the lion cage and I'm going to have my stool and my whip and those lions are going to roar and they're going to roar and they're going to... He realized what he was saying and he scared himself. He paused. He said, and... My daddy's going to be in there with me. <laughs> your daddy, your heavenly father. Listen, your earthly father may have failed you, disappointed you, rejected you, disowned you. But I'm telling you, your Heavenly Father will never leave you nor forsake you. He will go all the way with you. Look at the next verse on, the, on, the, on your screen and on your outline. Look what it says. God is our refuge and strength. And would you read what's underlined? You ready? Always ready to help in times of trouble. 
Why? Because my limitation is God's invitation. It's God's invitation. I don't know what you feel like right now. Maybe you feel surrounded. Maybe you feel like everybody in the world is is down on you. Or maybe you feel like that marriage, there's no hope. And maybe you feel like that relationship with your parents is never going to get better. Maybe you feel like that boyfriend or that girlfriend, you just don't know because they keep bringing pain your way and you feel dejected. I'm telling you, your Heavenly Father's here today to help you through it. And maybe you're a parent here today. Maybe you're a dad here today. And you're like, you know what? I don't know what to do with my children. I don't know how to be a good dad. I don't know. And maybe your mom, you say, I just don't know how to be the mom that I think I should be. And maybe you're a student here today. You're like, I just don't know how to be what my parents want me to be. And today, you need Almighty God to step in that arena that you're in that lion's den and give you what you need hi this is pastor jeff again i just want to say i hope you enjoyed today's message if you would like to support god's work through stockbridge community church simply go to our website at secview.net again that's secview.net and click the give tab we want to thank you again for being with us today god bless you Have a wonderful day.